Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear Baby. on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said it? It's a Tuesday, so you know what that means. Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media, joins the show. He's on X at C Fowler BCM. If you want to check out our podcast that we do together called On the Bluff Podcast, make sure you check it out on Spotify, on Apple. Full-length video version is on YouTube. But Christian, what's happening, brother? How are you? Oh, just wonderful, Gabe Coon. How are you? I I am doing well. Good holiday. Wonderful holiday. And if you tuned in last week and heard about me and Gabe's vehicles being broken into, that did not happen this week while we were recording the podcast, so that's a win. I was so tempted to grab a sheet of paper and say there's nothing in here and just write Dude, there's I nothing in here worth steal- worth stealing. This week, didn't you leave- You left your doors unlocked. I did. I did not lock my doors, and I thought about doing the same thing. I thought about printing out a sheet of paper and putting it on my window that there was nothing to take in there. Just don't and break I, my window. To, that's if, it, if, right? If they, wanted, if they wanted to get in there, I was going to write that the door was unlocked. Like, yes. <laughs> make it as obvious as possible. Just don't break my window. You didn't have to spend too much out of pocket, right, for your window to get uh, replaced? No, one of my good buddies okay, took care good. of me. 200 bucks, no no biggie at all. Oh, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. I didn't even yeah. get that type of deal. My gosh. Can't beat it. I thought I did well. I was around 300. I need I need your yeah, hookup, brother. <laughs> that's what I yeah. need. Hey, sometimes it pays to have friends that, that work in every different avenue. Yeah, no question about it. Now let's go ahead and uh, hop into uh, sort of a, a little bit of a news line of the day, news news story of the day. Daily Hoosier at Indiana is reporting that Ryan Silverfield is a candidate for the Indiana Indiana job that's been opened up because Tom Allen has been fired. Um, listen, I have already said I don't know how seriously I take this. I, I don't. In fact, I don't take it very seriously. How uh, how seriously do you take this? I'm I'm on the same level as you. I looked at the list. It was a long list of names that were on there, and so I I think they kind of just picked out maybe some smaller school coaches that have had success, and you know Ryan fits into that category. So I I don't know. I don't take it very seriously. If if something happens 
and we hear a little bit more on it and there's a little bit more rumor and innuendo on it maybe but i just doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me. i think there's 24 names in total so yeah there's a lot yes i don't know how i don't know if i'm supposed to really buy into it and i also think um you know ultimately they'll probably find a different name and i think for ryan too like if you if you think about taking that job that is a that feels like as dead end of a job in the Power Five as you could possibly take, especially when you consider the new Big Ten, adding UCLA, Oregon, Washington, USC, and what they already have. You're already at the bottom of this conference. You're certainly going to just keep going down that list um, when it comes to when they add uh, uh, add those names and expand with those Pac-12 schools. Yeah, for sure. You do not want to coach at Indiana. Like I just can't imagine – a good up and coming coach taking that job, like you said, it's pretty much a dead end. Like you are going to be at the absolute bottom feeder of the Big Ten. So uh, it just, uh, I'd rather win nine or ten at Memphis and compete for AAC championship than go win maybe three or four games a year, probably max at Indiana. Is that the worst? Beat up. It, also, is that the worst job in the in the Big Ten right now? Like I, I don't think there's for me it is. Northwestern's yeah, better yeah. considering what yeah, they've been able to accomplish. Um, under you know Pat Fitzgerald, easily. Rutgers has been okay. Greg Schiano has them at a at, in bowl games. Right. So in in Indiana, the only success they've had as of late is when Kalen DeBoer was OC and Michael Penix Jr. was playing quarterback, but that quickly dissipated. Right, and we and we see where that translated to an undefeated season with Michael Penix being really at the forefront for the Heisman conversation for the majority of the year. Yeah, and uh, and Washington fin- finishing with an undefeated record. So yeah, that was a that was a flash in the pan, in the most like perfect example you could think of of just a flash in the pan one time thing. Like Indiana is not built for long term success at all. Now that that's behind us, let's talk about Ryan's current job, where he went nine and three yeah. this year with this particular set of circumstances. This team, you have a thousand yard rusher in Blake Watson, nine hundred yard receiver in Rock Taylor, eight hundred yard receiver in Demir Blankumsey. Seth Hennigan looks solid. Defense still struggled, but you're nine and three. How should fans, in in your opinion, how should fans feel about nine and three? I mean, it's not the pinnacle. Uh, we know what the pinnacle is. We've seen it, so it, I, I can't say that they should be extremely excited. Like this isn't the perfect year, but this is one of the more solid seasons in University of Memphis football history. And uh, like it or not, I mean, I know it's not in the old AAC with Houston and Cincinnati and UCF and they didn't, they're not going to a conference championship and they didn't beat the best three teams on their schedule, any of the best three teams on their schedule. But at the end of the day, nine and three, you have an opportunity to get double digit wins. There's only been 10, uh, 10 teams in program history of the 108 years that have won nine games, which, says all you need to know about the history of Memphis football and at least where it's at right now. And I get it. I know all the nuance to it. I know it's not black and white. I know it can be argued. There's a lot of gray area. It's a different conference with different teams, but it wasn't a six and six year. It's a nine and three year. And you can say all you want. It probably would have been a six and six year in the AAC last year. You could be right. I don't know. We'll never know because those teams aren't coming back. But at the end of the day, Nine and three, it's solid. So it's not anything to be over the moon about, but it's not anything to be calling for Ryan's job over either. Like it is a solid season that hopefully can be a step 
into an even better direction next year. And I think that's the way you have to look at it. It's a stepping stone season to potentially being a conference champion or in a conference championship game next year. They didn't take a step back. I mean, could you imagine how terrible it would be if they won four or five games this year, the, the yep. chatter that would be going around? I mean, they, they beat the teams that they were supposed to beat, and they lost the teams that they were projected to lose to. So it is literally, like, solid as it gets. They did exactly what – uh, every analytic measure and the vast majority of national and local media expected them to do. So by all means, solid. Yep. But then after that, that win against uh, Temple, to get to nine wins, we had the uh, quote from Ryan, and he basically, I mean, it was not, you know, the call to action I figured it would be where he, he'd talk about NIL and the $50 million they need to raise for the stadium funds and how fans need to buy in and help and, uh, you know, get involved throw their money at this thing if they want it to get to that next level. It was more of a shot at the fans, sort of went after the fans. Let's be honest. Uh, he sort of (laughs) tried to explain the, the fickleness. He tried to explain, um, that, that these people are the same people that, uh, complain about politics, but don't vote. How (laughs) I've given my thoughts at nauseum on, on what he said. What are, what are your thoughts? I, I, uh, I I don't think that it was well aimed. Let me just say that. So, so you you we talked about this last night. So you know the direction I'm going to go, but I have to preface it with the fact that this is rare for Ryan. Like Ryan is usually even keeled as they come, and and he didn't. He obviously wasn't up there like shouting and screaming and cussing people out. Or but relative, like, like he's like, he's yeah. he's a coach. He, I mean, he, he does the coach speak. There's no right. question about it. it. Yeah, and he wasn't up there losing his mind. It wasn't like one of those clippable press conferences where a coach just absolutely has had it and blows his top and loses it on the fans or players or whatever. It wasn't a it wasn't a Jim Mora or a Dennis Green right. type yeah. press conference yeah. by any means. But he did get a little fired up, and it's understandable why. I mean, you've had two pretty lackluster seasons. You've heard a lot of talk about your job security and if you should or should not continue to be the head coach. And you come out, and by most measures, you have a successful season. You win nine games, albeit you're not competing for a conference championship. But you do have the opportunity to compete in a bowl game and you know compete for a double-digit win season. And you just still feel like there's this dark cloud kind of hanging over you. And, you know, he spoke his mind. And... I don't ever think that you should go after the fans. And I don't even know if he necessarily was trying to. I think he might have, you know, he might have just gotten fired up in the moment. Who knows exactly what happened. But, I mean, talk your talk. Do your thing. Like, I mean, I don't hate it as much as everybody else. I guess I can kind of, you know, be a non, non-biased onlooker of it and not really be offended by it. But I kind of like it. I kind of like being like, look, you know, everybody wants to complain about me and everybody wants to talk about how bad I've been and how I shouldn't be here and debate if I should have a job or not. Well, we just won nine games. People still aren't happy, but you should be because look, look what this history of this program has been. It's been horrible. It's been awful. It's been a laughing stock up until the last 10 years, and we're continuing to take steps in the right direction. We're continuing to build this thing. So I, I kind of liked it. I know that's not going to be a popular opinion, but it, it was it was kind of enjoyable to me to see – Ryan kind of break out and just be like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to speak my mind. And I and I like that. I enjoy when coaches are able to kind of break that fourth wall and, right. and speak their mind a little bit. Albeit, like I said, I know fans, some some fans were offended by it and felt like, 
you know, that he was coming after them. And I, I get that perspective. I, I understand that you never want to go after the fans as kind of the ambassador of a program. But at the same time, like there's got to be so much frustration from him. And so to see him kind of, kind of get that out and, and, and speak his mind and speak how he's feeling. I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'd say is I don't know what it accomplished. <laughs> like that, in the end of the day, I, I, yeah. I feel like as a coach, when you're selling a program, when you're trying to move in the right direction, you want to say things that, that will accomplish a goal. And I don't know if that particularly accomplished any goal besides saying the fans that are out on me, stay out on me. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I don't know how constructive it was. I have no idea, but there could be more. People but you like the clap back. Like you like the clap yeah, back there, aspect of it. There could be people out there that you know he earned their respect with that, with with kind of coming out of his shell and and speaking his mind. Who knows? But yeah, I agree. It probably wasn't extremely constructive, but I, I personally enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, uh, what what do you want to see as far as the bowl is is concerned? I think the most obvious and most uh, picked bowl that they'll be a part of is the Liberty Bowl. AutoZone Liberty Bowl against Iowa State, sort of a run back of, of 2017. I think both uh, programs are in completely different spots, although it looks similarly record-wise. Um, but is that it? Or, like you know, Gasparilla Bowl versus uh, James Madison in Tampa Bay. I've seen Military Bowl versus Miami. Military Bowl versus Virginia Tech. Like, what, what would you prefer? Honestly, to me, like, Best case scenario for Memphis and for Memphis fans is just getting a bigger name team, like getting a team right. that at least has name value. Like you just mentioned, military bowl against Miami or or VT, and it's like it feels like all draw. the options are, are relatively. I mean, James Madison for this particular season has been a relatively season. big name, right? Because yeah, because they they have had this, a storyline around them. So I, I think, and to me, I know the Liberty Bowl would be cool because it's local it's at home for them but like Iowa State's not gonna drum up a bunch of excitement if it was Iowa State of a few years ago maybe you know maybe we're talking about something then but they just have kind of continued to do their thing and be pretty nondescript but if you got a team like like a Miami or something like that I think that would be the most fun as far as it goes for fans like just to have an opportunity to play a big name team to play a bigger power five school and potentially get another Power Five win, which is obviously something that could lead into the off season and and obviously give positive momentum to this team and to this coaching staff heading into the off season. So for me, maybe it's not a particular bowl or a particular opponent. It's just getting a bigger name team that will drum up a little bit of excitement, and then you have an opportunity to get a, a big win against the Power Five school. Talking with Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. Last thing on Tiger football before we transition to a little bit of basketball. Um, we had the Carters get into the portal yesterday uh, for, for Tiger football. Tevin Carter, of course, backup quarterback, did really well in that South Florida game, needed all that all of his contributions to get over top of South Florida um, in that 59-50. to 50, uh, I mean, that was, that was a hell of a game. And then Davion Carter, right guard, um, who seems to – I mean, he's getting some real traction on the transfer portal market. Like, I, this is – these are big-name schools. I've heard, you know, Penn State – I've heard, uh, you know, Florida, Florida State. There's a lot of different names, Oregon, that that want him to come in and potentially play center. Um, are are we past sort of being overly concerned about any one particular guy getting into the transfer portal? I know that if it's if it's a mass exodus, we get concerned. But these two particular guys, is there is there any real concern there for you? I mean, with Tevin, we haven't seen a ton of him, and he just he hasn't looked great in most of the moments that we've seen him. I know he threw a big touchdown to Rock Taylor. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. That game in relief of Seth Hennigan for a minute, but he, we haven't seen much. So there's not, there's not a lot to evaluate, and what we have seen hasn't been wonderful. But how much can you get from plays here and there, getting to play at the end of a game yep. and, and not really getting – much opportunity to get into a rhythm. So I we I don't think we necessarily know 100% what Tevin is, but with Seth already saying that he's planning on coming back next season, the, I think the writing was kind of on the wall. Like Yeah, Tevin and then I, I don't know if you saw, you know, uh, Frank Bonner wrote a story um, at the Daily Memphian and basically asked Tevin about why he's leaving, and Tevin said, um, I'm basically doing what I'm told in regards to leaving. So I don't know. Yeah. It seems like that was probably something that was discussed in postseason meetings about you know will will he ever get some meaningful time as a starter here? And, and it feels like that right. that conversation didn't go that well. Yeah, and, and like I said, I I feel like the writing was on the wall. Like I just don't I, I just don't know if he was ever going to play meaningful snaps here. So for him to go and and see where he can compete for a starting job, it, that's probably best for him now. For Davion Carter, that's a huge loss. And this I think is, so, too. This is someone that came out of nowhere. Like, Davion was a JUCO guy, if I'm not mistaken. In Northwest Mississippi. Uh, yep. Yeah, Northwest, yeah. And he's undersized, and he's pretty unassuming for an offensive lineman. But everybody, every, I talked to him uh, throughout the – or during the season, did an interview with him, uh, and – the people around him, there were three other players with him. They talked about, and so did multiple other players that came in and did interviews and stuff, talked about how ridiculously strong that he is. And it shows every week how how strong he is for the lack of – not even for the lack of size that he has, just in general how strong he is as an offensive guard. Like, if you saw him, you would never think that he plays guard at, at any college, that he played any right. level of college football as a guard. And he's you know playing for a successful team – that, as you mentioned, had a thousand-yard rusher, and Blake Watson had success on the ground with Brandon Thomas and Sutton Smith as well, and helping pave the way for those guys. And then also, you know, we talked about the pass pro this year and how much better it was and how much cleaner they kept Seth Hennigan, and Davion's a big part of that. So yep. to me, it's a huge loss because offensive linemen, as fans here should know, are not that easily replaceable. And I know 
Memphis fans were spoiled with really good offensive line play for a long time. Shout out Gabe Kuhn. No, oh, shout out um, Gabe Kuhn. Yes, sir. <laughs> but we saw a couple of years where the offensive line play wasn't up to par with what we had seen, and the offense struggled heavily because of it. The last two years, and we've talked about this a lot on air, we believe a lot of those struggles came from the offensive line. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't keep a clean pocket. They couldn't give Seth Hennigan time and they struggled because of it. And this year, you see the offensive line play goes up a level, and the offense is back to being a top-10 unit in the country as far as scoring goes. So, overall, we know the importance of offensive line. We talk about it all the time. And losing arguably your best offensive lineman uh, is is definitely not good. Now, do I know how much concern comes from it? I I mean, if you're that good and you have an opportunity to go play at one of the better schools in the country – that's hard to pass up on, not to even mention the money aspect of it in this current age. But like you said, if we see a mass exodus, then there's concern. But as far as a player leaving here or there, just like last year with Caden Priestcorn, who's had a lot of success at Ole Miss, Cam Jackson, who's played a rotational role at Florida, like you yep. can't blame these guys for going and getting a paycheck and playing you know, national TV at some of the best schools in the country. No, I, I not at all. No question about it. I, I, I do think, you know, I, when I when I sort of brought this up on uh, the, the artist formerly known as Twitter X, I, I talked about Davion Carter and the loss, and you just lose consistency. The guy was there for every single game. He was consistent as hell. He is a pro football focus uh, grade god. He, he did really well there, so he has the cosign from pro football focus that likely will uh, land him in a, in a really good spot. But one thing that people, I think, downplay is experience and synergy between guys. And you pull out Davion Carter, you have an immediate need right there. And there's guys that have to build a, a uh, some semblance of chemistry very quickly. And Davion is going to leave that behind. And that's, that's definitely a frustrating feeling. Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult. And continuity on the offensive line is so important. It goes hand-in-hand hand with experience. If you have – those same five guys all year, or you only, you know, you, you get a guy that gets nicked up for a couple of games and you have a good rotational guy that comes in, like continuity up front is Huge. so important because pe- people don't understand the amount of communication that goes into the offensive line and what Memphis has there with Jacob Likes at the center and what he does and how he gets all those guys together. And Davion being a guy that's been a two year starter is another guy that is a leader for that group, especially, you know, when you come into a new season and you've got new starters like McCollum Pounders, and yep. you're integrating those guys in, having Davion Carters and Jacob Likes and guys that have been there for multiple seasons in that starting rotation and in that locker room is so important. So the more of those guys that you can keep, and obviously Silverfield and Jeff Myers are very, very aware of this and what kind of continuity it takes up front and chemistry it takes up front to have a successful offensive line. Like this is it, – it is a big loss because – Yeah, you, you and let's not fool ourselves. It took, it took three years. To build right. to build that, that the level of chemistry they had this year. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. It's it's not that simple. It's not that easy to build. It's not just plug and play and assume that no. that guy is going to replace the no. production. It's not how it works. Right. And I, and every once in a while, can can you get lucky and a guy just be good enough yeah. to come in and fill that role? Dylan Parham is a perfect example of someone who came absolutely out of nowhere, played defensive end and tight end before yep. he transferred over to guard. So like. Can it happen? Yes, but it is few and far between that you get productive offensive linemen that come in out of nowhere, and Davion's another example of that as well, but it just doesn't happen all that often. And even if you do have those players that come in and are successful right away, they still got to be in sync with the other four guys around them to make everything work. 
Yep, for sure. Now on to Tigers basketball, two and one, and in the battle for Atlantis, have a win over Michigan, win over Arkansas, where David Jones looked unbelievable. Then not so good against Villanova, forty-four to sixteen and a half. They were never able to climb up out of there. They end up on twenty-sixth, if you will. You know that's my pet peeve, but they are first and others receiving votes for another week. Were you surprised they didn't get into the top twenty-five after their performance in the Bahamas? I absolutely was. I guess looking back in hindsight, I shouldn't be because Memphis was already kind of put off after the Missouri win. Once Missouri went and lost to Jackson State, people, national media kind of went back and said, well, maybe Missouri wasn't that good and maybe this win doesn't mean much. And it's kind of happening again with Michigan and Arkansas. You you get good quality wins. Memphis is building all this momentum, and people are kind of starting to chatter a little bit. And then they go lay an egg against Villanova, and everybody looks at them and is like, okay, so Michigan's fake, Arkansas's fake, Missouri's fake, and Memphis is fake, even though they beat those three teams. They lost to Villanova, so they're not on that level, so they're not Strange. a top 25 caliber team. It's very weird. Memphis has built one of the strongest resumes in the country – through the first several weeks, through six games, it's yeah. hard to find many resumes that, that have Michigan, Mizzou, and Arkansas wins on it. It's just right. not, you don't find it. Like I, I and I'm just going to bring up one name in particular: Illinois, who sits at 24th right now. They have wins over Eastern Illinois, uh, Oakland, Valpo, Southern, and Western Illinois. One loss against Marquette, but they're five and one, and they're number 24 in the country. And they, right. they that's not that's not the same damn resume. It's just not. No. It's not close. No, and we you brought this point up last night, and I want to talk about it with you again. I, the preconceived notions of Memphis and Penny Hardaway and whatever those are from a national standpoint seem to have people's bias going about this team and still scratching their heads saying, is this team real or not? And I know how bad the loss looked against Villanova specifically in the first half. And if this would have been a competitive game, if Memphis would have been within 10 – all game, and it, it didn't look optically as bad as it did in the first half, I don't really think this would be a conversation. I think Memphis would be probably from somewhere between 15 to 20 yeah. if they went and were extremely competitive in that final game against Nova. But I think because of the way that first half unfolded, all those people that already had these preconceived notions, they felt like they were confirmed true yes. by that game. They feel like everything that they thought before – Memphis' season started or even before the tournament was confirmed by the first half against Villanova. And is that fair? No, I, I don't think it's fair at all. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they beat a top 25 team in Arkansas the night before. Like, like they're clearly a good team. And the fact that people want to continue writing them off isn't necessarily surprising, but I, I just don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense on paper if you just look at their scores, if you look at their games, if you look at their wins, like they're one of the top 25 teams in the country pretty comfortably, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you. In that Villanova game, you're going to have two separate schools of thought. I, I lie with this first one. My thought is, okay, an out-of-conference basketball, I've seen it enough, especially in tournament basketball. You play three games in three nights. Some guys lay duds night to night, right? Like for half to half, you may see a dud of a half, and I think that's what we saw in the first half. Uh, against Villanova from that Memphis team. I feel like if they ran it back tonight, it would probably go a little bit differently. I don't think 44-16 to 16 in the first half is what we'd be talking about. Um, but then the other thought, 
would be, oh, well, that just shows that they're not, you know, Villanova's a blue blood. They're not ready to compete on that same level as, as a team like Villanova. I don't know. I, I don't know how you can make those wide ranging um, type of, uh, draw those wide ranging type of conclusions after an out of conference game at a tur- in a tournament setting after watching that Memphis team two nights in a row handle Michigan and then Arkansas. I, it's just it, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to to try to draw that conclusion. It feels like you know I've we me and you have watched enough college basketball to understand that sometimes teams just simply lay duds and it's not that deep. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what happened. And you mentioned three games and three nights. You're away from home. It's Thanksgiving. Like you've already played two games. It, it, it's not it's not a perfect storm to play your best game especially early in the season. It's just not. And I I know people will say, well, what about the NCAA tournament? What about the conference tournament? Those are different aspects in and of themselves. Those are big tournaments that can end in a championship, whether it be a conference championship or a national championship. There's a different feel to that. As far as an early season tournament in the Bahamas, you play three games and three nights with a team that is almost completely entirely new together, like, and Villanova's on, like Villanova couldn't miss a shot right. in the first half specifically. So it was it was like this perfect concoction for Memphis to go lay an egg, and they did. Now, would it look better optically if they didn't? Yes, absolutely, but it happens. Like, good teams play bad games. It just happens, especially early in the season, out of conference, unfamiliar opponent, unfamiliar territory tournament style like it, these things happen and it shouldn't be blown out of proportion yeah now something that i am uh, close to ready to blow out of proportion um how concerned are you about jordan brown in that in the battle for atlantis never got more than 12 minutes never more than five points and he just looks like truly out of shape and, and, and the, the turnovers followed even in the the sparing minutes how concerned are you about jb at least decently, and I think fortunately it's still early in the season. We're only six games in, and I, and I can say that, but there is also a caveat to that in the fact that they've got a pretty difficult, meaningful three-game stretch coming up against yep. Ole Miss, VCU, and Texas A&M. And Jordan Brown is someone that you want playing your best basketball when you have an opportunity to get quad one and quad two wins at a conference. So it's concerning from that aspect. As far as like long-term season, conference play, tournament play, stuff like that, I just don't see how the ship doesn't get righted before then unless this is an, a way deeper issue than we realize, a- unless he is just checked out and doesn't want to play basketball anymore. Then I think eventually this issue gets resolved. He's going to get into the swing of things, and he'll be the player that he was last year. And, and so I, I have a – a pretty decent, a pretty decent short-term worry about it, just because of the games that are coming up. But as far as like the team overall, the long-term concern, it's not extremely high because if it if it is an in-shape question, like eventually that's going to come from practicing yeah. every day and from playing in games, even if you're only playing, you know, ten to fifteen minutes a game, like eventually that's going to come and that's going to be fine. Now, if it, I think it's if it's a deeper issue, we will see it, you know, sooner rather than later. We'll see it over the next few weeks if it's a deeper issue and he's still not playing minutes then maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to yeah it's it's I, I'm sorry I'm, I'm there like he has not played more than 20 minutes in any one particular game this year 
and you've seen Malcolm Dandridge and Nick Jordan, and they they filled in where where he's left behind some production, and I I respect that. But that's a guy that you counted on, that you need to show up every single night. You expect him to be a double double machine, and he's been anything but that. Yeah, no, you and they need him. Like it's not just he's not really a luxury piece for this team. This front court is centered around him, and I think you have solid players around him and Malcolm Dandridge and Nick Jordan, but he is like the focal point of this front court or was supposed to be the focal point of this front court and lead the way for them. And the other guys were, were supposed to be the luxury pieces that, that kind of helped and filled in when he wasn't on the floor or maybe on a night where he wasn't having his best game and they're having to shoulder the load right now. So it, it, it they need him. He, he's a necessary piece to make this team their pinnacle. Like for this team to reach their peak, Jordan Brown has to play good basketball. So it's, I don't know. I guess that makes it even more concerning when you frame it like that, the fact that this front court's built around him and he's not living up to expectations. They have to have him. And I don't know. I I guess I just have a feeling that eventually it's going to come. And he'll get. To oh, we've seen it plenty of times where once you yeah. sort of transition into the you know conference play, that point in the season, these guys right. are all in shape, ready to go, playing good ball. Right. But and, and I, but you feeling. can't. But here's the thing. Again, like it comes to the out of conference, you know, portion of their schedule, and this will be the last thing. But the out of conference portion of their schedule is still tough. Like they still have some games that they have to get over top of their opponent, and you need Jordan Brown there. Like that is that that is something that you will absolutely need before you get to conference play. You can't you can't count on oh well he'll be he'll be in shape during conference play and they'll roll. You you need these games early in the season. Yeah, and I, and I think the Villanova game is is actually a really good example for that because yeah Memphis couldn't get anything going offensively in the first half anywhere, regardless. But they needed someone to kind of set the tone down low because they were really struggling getting to the basket. Uh, Villanova was blocking shots. And Memphis couldn't get anything going around the basket to even open up the rest of the floor. And so having Jordan Brown, it, you would think in that moment is perfect for him, and he just he just isn't there yet. Yep, no question about it. Well, Christian, we'll do it again next week. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Sounds good. See y'all next week. Yes, sir. That is Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. He is on X at C Fowler B C M. Now it's time to transition into the Blitz, and in the Blitz today. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has spoken up again on his situation. And, and will he return to the Jets? We'll talk about that next on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 929 FM, ESPN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.